0: Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and uh, we are back on the air. Uh, That's right. The last couple of weeks, uh, I've been traveling, doing some inspections, and uh, actually had to get my computer and everything fixed. So uh, we are back, and today we're going to be talking about headstone cleaning and restoration, as well as should you get into into that business. But before I do... Uh, a quick announcement, and that is the Stone and Tile Inspection Seminar that I have coming up in July, July 5th in DeBerry, Florida, which is just north of Orlando, is almost full. I have a couple of spots open, so if anyone is interested in that, I can send you some information. Just uh, send me an email. Uh, my email is F. Houston. That's F. H. U. E. S. T. O. N at gmail.com. You can also get me on uh, on Facebook Messenger as well. Just search for Stone forensics. All right, we're going to talk about headstone cleaning and and restoration. If anybody has any comments, or if you've ever done any work or do a lot of work in the restoration industry uh, for headstones, mausoleums, memorials, things of that nature, you can call in at 323-870-3968. Now, many years ago, I wrote a small book on, on cleaning headstones, and I'm going to give out a free copy, actually several free copies of that. Uh, to those listening to the show tonight, uh, but stay tuned. I'll tell you how, how to go ahead and do that. Anyway, um, what sparked this whole whole idea was I've gotten several telephone calls uh, about uh, someone wanting to clean some headstones, uh, one individual wanting to know, is there a market in there? So I started doing a little bit of research, and what what I was looking for is the actual number of headstones there are in the United States. Now, they say you can Google everything, but I'm telling you, I could not find that statistics on on Google. So if anybody knows uh, what that number is or where I can find that number, I'd be very interested. But you know it's got to be in the millions and millions and millions. I did find that there are 144,847 graveyards and cemeteries throughout the United States. Now, I don't, I'm don't, i not going to go through and uh, go to every single one of those and count the number of headstones that are there, because obviously it grows on a daily basis. But I'd I just kind of be interested. But anyway, in doing that research and searching on Google, I came across some really interesting uh, things about, about cemeteries, which primarily have nothing to do with cleaning and restoration, but I thought they were interesting enough to uh, to share with you. And there's only a couple of them. And the first one... I did did not know any of these, actually. Well, maybe I know a couple of them, but most of them I did not know. And they are, you know, why do we bury people six feet under? And it was kind of interesting. It says, uh, uh, why do we bury people six feet under? The six feet under rule for burial may have come from a plague in London. In 1665, the Lord Mayor of London ordered all graves shall be at least six foot deep. Gravesites reaching six feet help prevent farmers from accidentally accidentally plowing up the bodies. And, you know, that that made a lot of sense. The next statistic I actually knew, but I thought it was interesting because I actually knew it, but I didn't know it. I thought, well, let me read you what the question is first and I'll explain what I'm talking about. What type of headstone lasts the longest? And the answer to that is flat quartzite headstones. A flat quartzite headstone with laser engraving as the longest lasting headstone, it can last centuries if the weather is the only factor in degradation. Uh quartzite obviously you know is very hard material that can withstand almost all climates, can be laser etched and will last as long as uh the headstone actually uh actually does. You know, I, I would have guessed granite, but you know, quartzite does have more quartz in it. So it makes it makes sense. But along that line, you know, how long headstones last, I found this other interesting t- t- statistic, or I don't know if it's a t- statistic, but uh, just some interesting information and how long does the coffin last? and the answer to that was eventually uh, it's going to disintegrate, but after about eighty years in that coffin, your bones will begin to crack as the soft collagen inside them deteriorates, leaving nothing but the brittle mineral frame behind. Uh, but even that shell won't last forever a, a century in. The last of your bones will have collapsed into dust. So I, I guess you say about 100 hundred years. This next one I thought was kind of interesting. And I, I didn't know how to answer this until I looked it up. And is it legal to build your own casket? Now, I don't know if that's the ultimate handyman uh, feat to, to build your own casket. But the answer to that is you can also use a family built one if you choose. Uh, Caskets are available in many styles and prices, obviously, and can be made from metal, wood, fiberglass, plastic. And according to the federal funeral rule, I didn't know there was such a thing as a funeral rule, it is illegal for a funeral home to charge a handling fee if you wish to bring in your own casket from an outside source. So I thought that was interesting. And the last one I found, actually, I found a bunch more, but these are the, the top, my top five or six. And what's the difference between a graveyard and a cemetery, and I, I've always thought they were the same thing. And the answer to that is a cemetery, burial ground, gravesite, or graveyard, is a place where the remains of the dead people are buried. We know that, or otherwise interred. The term graveyard is often interchangeable with cemetery, but a graveyard primarily f- refers to a burial ground with a churchyard. So I guess you know you see throughout the whole United States you see cemeteries, or I guess we call them graveyards. Uh, next to churches, or they have a church or a chapel, you know, on site. So it's just kind of interesting. It's it's funny some of the stuff you find uh, when you go through go through Google. All right, the call in number again is three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. That's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. So let's get started. Uh, you know, back in the day when I did restoration classes, and, and I still get this question today. I get a lot of guys that are either in the restoration business or are thinking about getting into the restoration business that say, God, there must be a, a huge market in, in cleaning headstones. You know, I drive by cemeteries on a constant basis. I see all these headstones. They have mold. They have moss growing on them, lichens growing on them. Some of them have rust growing on them. And we're going to talk about how to deal with all those here in a minute. But is there a market for it? And why I'm not a marketing expert, uh, you know, I do have a good handle on the industry. And I would probably say that if you ask me, is there a market for it? Uh, I would say, yes, there's a market for it, but is there enough of a market, uh, especially in your area to warrant doing just that without other restoration work? And my answer to that would probably be no. And I really don't know the answer to that. And I have my own theory. And and it's kind of, you know, I, I don't want anybody to get upset with what I'm about to say, but I think what happens is when, when a relative dies, you know, you, if so they're not cremated, obviously, and you're, you're burying them in a in a, in a cemetery, uh, you know, you go and visit it for a while, you know, maybe the first year, maybe the first two years, three years, four years, or whatever. And then it, it becomes less and less, you know, it's the old time heel sort of thing. So I think at some point, you just don't care about that headstone anymore. So... Plus, the fact is, if you're in the restoration end of it and you're trying to locate the owners of these these, these plots, it's very difficult to do. Uh, I know when I wrote my book, I took some photographs, which is, I'm going to tell you that story. It's kind of an interesting story. Uh, th- I took some photographs of, of an old headstone, and I was looking for the caretaker for this particular cemetery that I would drive by every day. And it was pretty much deserted i've never seen anybody there you know during work work days work hours uh i went there during the weekends and i never really saw any kind of caretaker there uh you know i did catch one time the people mowing the lawn but they were hired by whomever uh to actually mow mow the lawn around around the headstones so um you know i i know contractors that do that work i've done that work in the past but whether you can make a full-time living at it eh, i don't know but you know it's, it's it's worth a shot, of course. I mean there are, there are a lot of not only headstones, but we're also talking about memorials and large mausoleums. and I have done a, a few of those, and there is a, a market there, but it's generally very wealthy people that have you know mausoleums, uh, et cetera. And of course it's all it depends on what part of the country you live in too. You know a lot of the a lot of cemeteries in the south, especially in floodplained areas have above ground. Plots and mausoleums or crypts or, or whatever uh, you call them. And, uh, you know, once you get into the northern environments where you don't have a flood issue, uh, then they're buried six feet under, you know, in the ground itself. So let's dive right into uh, the, just some of the, the highlights of, uh, of how to go about cleaning uh, headstones and mausoleums and things you shouldn't do, you know et cetera, et cetera. Now, the first thing you want to be able to do is you want to be able to identify the type of headstone. Now, if you're in a business that's fairly simple, uh, we've talked about that, but you know what what type of headstones are out there? You obviously have granite, you have quartzite, you have marble. Uh, you have sandstone, which is popular in, in some areas. So, you know, those are the main, and limestone, of course, uh, those are the main type of headstones. You know, the, the granite headstones, are. I see those all over the place in almost every, every single state. And a lot of those gray-colored uh, headstones, grave markers, or whatever, uh, come from Vermont. They come from the Barry, Barry region of Vermont. Uh, but if you go to, say, like Arlington National Cemetery, that's all white marble uh marble headstones and uh and actually you know thought talking of um, Arlington National Cemetery there is an organization uh that controls uh the what I call the national national headstones and that's the uh uh what we call the NPT which is the National Center for Preservation Technology and there's an actual division uh that's called I'm trying to find it here um Center something to do with cemeteries and headstones. I'll find it here in a second, but it's one of those technical names, but they actually have some guidelines, which they call best practice recommendations for cleaning government-issued headstones, and you can find that online, and uh, if you want to send me an email or call in, I can give you the, uh, I can shoot you the web address to where that is, but everything I'm about to tell you is going to pretty much fall uh, into, into those guidelines anyway, because it's one of the things we, we look at when we're, we're cleaning headstones, of course, we have things to worry about. You know, the runoff of the chemicals we're using. We don't want to use nasty chemicals. Uh, if the headstone or memorial, mausoleum or whatever, it's historic. There are certain guidelines uh, to follow and those guidelines are outlined in, in that particular in that particular uh, document. So, so, you know, you're going to run into all kinds of deterioration issues. I mean, obviously, if you have a... A marble headstone and an area that gets a lot of acid rain—I uh, should say marble limestone—anything that's calcium-based, you're going to run into severe deterioration. Severe deterioration. So, the first step would be obviously to, you know, identify the material. Make sure you understand what material you're, you're dealing with. So, let's talk about what not to do, and. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this done. I was actually many years ago driving by a cemetery that had these large uh, mausoleums. And there was a guy in there sandblasting this Georgia white marble. And I I, I had cringe because one thing you never want to do with headstones is use any kind of abrasive. And what I mean by abrasive, I mean sandblasting, sandpaper, diamond abrasives, wire brushes, even powdered abrasives, you know, like your comets, your Ajaxes, or, or things like that. You want to try to avoid them at all costs. And that's very important, especially when it comes to some of the more delicate materials like your marbles and, and marbles and, and limestones. You want to try to avoid acids at all costs. Now, there are some rare exceptions where you know, you may want to use a mild acid, but for the most part, you want to avoid them. Now, there is a exception to that rule, and I'll discuss that a little later, but I'll mention it right now. And that is if you want to remove iron deposits. And I see a lot of headstones, especially where I am here in Florida, where the irrigation system has a lot of iron in it, and they use that to water the lawns. And, of course, that irrigation sprinkles all over the headstones, and they all turn this ugly rust color and the only way to remove that is to use uh, some of the acidic chemicals that are that are out there from hydrochloric to muriatic acid to oxalic acid i ha- i actually have a an a, a uh, an iron a rust remover chemical that that i have in my stain kit uh that removes rust as well so if you're interested in knowing what that is you know send me an email again my email is fhuston, f h u e s t o n at gmail.com. Another mistake I see is pressure washing. Now you can use a pressure washer, but you have to be careful on the range. You have to be careful on the tip that you use on that pressure washer. Um, you know, pressure washers in the range of you know a thousand psi plus I wouldn't use. You know, you primarily what I like to use if I'm going to use a pressure washer is one of those little portable pressure washers you can buy it. You know, some of the big box big box stores, the Home Depot, the Lowe's, Harbor Freight, or whatever or little portable ones, um, you know, somewhere around 300 to 500 PSI, I would say would be the maximum pressure that I would use. And, of course, that's going to depend on the condition of the the headstone as well. Uh, Heat and torches, you want to try to avoid that because that could cause uh, the, the material to crack, especially if it's a brittle material. And then you want to be careful with your miscellaneous chemicals. Now, as far as chemicals go, what I prefer is using a neutral cleaner and primarily a neutral cleaner that has a biocide in it and there are, there are lots of them out there uh, that are that are you know safe to use they won't harm the plants or the grass surrounding it uh, and they they actually besides cleaning off any biological you know the mold mildew algae whatever that's on the headstone is also uh, going to be able to to put an element uh, a chemical on there that'll actually may per may prevent it. Now, before I go on to the actual instructions and what you need to to actually to do this, let me warn you about one thing, and I'm going to get a lot of flack from the sealer companies on this, and I'm sorry, but I I don't believe it. I would not seal any of these headstones or mausoleums. Do not use an impregnator. Do not use a sealer, whatever you want to call it. Do not, because you remember you're dealing with a stone that's outside. It's usually small in nature, and if you seal it First of all, you have to it has to be 100% dry, which is almost almost impossible to achieve in, in an exterior envir- environment, and you'll end up increasing the uh, deterioration by using a sealer. And if you want to know more about that, I've actually published an article on why not to use sealers in a um, in an exterior stone environment or a wet environment for that matter. And if you're interested in that article, it's on my blog site, or i will be more than happy to email you. Uh, a copy of that, just go ahead and send me an email. And actually, uh, what am I about to do or some of the things I'm discussing now and about to discuss, you can find in my booklet on cleaning headstones, memorials and mausoleums and that I'm going to offer uh, here in a minute. So stay tuned and I'll tell you how you can get your free copy of that. So let's take a look at the step-by-step instructions uh for cleaning these these headstones memorials i'm just going to use the word headstone and when i use headstone i simply mean the memorials the mausoleums any of those uh, things that you find in a in a cemetery so you're going to need some water containers filled with water simply because a lot of times well, i w- i don't know if i'd say a lot of times but some of these cemeteries have no water available uh a large spun a soft bristle bristle brush or a wisp broom a soft nylon scrub brush a cleaner containing a biocide, you know, a good neutral cleaner with a biocide, a garden sprayer. I like using, you know, what we call Hudson sprayers, some clean white rags, and some some several buckets. Now, when I I wrote this book, let me kind of sidetrack here a little bit. Um, I wanted to put some photographs in there showing a, a headstone. And every day on my way to the office, I'd go by this small cemetery, and these headstones were just filthy. I mean, they they were old. I mean, some of these dated back to the you know early 1800s, and they were old, and they were they were in need of uh, a really good cleaning. So I went by every day looking for the caretaker to get permission uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks and not get anybody. And I finally said, you know what? Heck with it. I'm going to go in there, pick a really nasty headstone. I'm going to clean it. And this is what's in. When you get the book, you'll see this in the photographs. So right in the middle of the cemetery, I found this headstone, small marble headstone, probably, I don't know, two to three feet high, um, maybe 18 inches wide. And it was covered with black mold. I mean, you name it, it was just encrusted. You couldn't even read the name on the headstone. And so I basically cleaned it with a method that I'm about to share with you and uh, it turned out white pearly white as all get out and every every day after that i'd go by the cemetery and it looked like right in the middle of the cemetery had this pure white bright colored look brand new headstone and i can imagine the family visiting that and uh going oh my god it's a miracle someone cleaned the only this is this, the only headstone in the whole area that would that was clean but uh, anyway it's kind of kind of interesting so uh, what's the general procedure? Well, step one is going to be you want to brush all the debris and loose material off. That's why you want to use the wisp broom or, you know, a dustpan and brush. Just, you know, remove as much as you can physically. Now, you want to be careful if you're dealing with any kind of ivy or any kind of plant material that's growing up onto the headstone, because a lot of times, the roots will actually embed themselves into the stone itself. So, you know, things like ivy, all those little little roots, or what they call tendrils, will actually embed, and if you yank them, you'll actually pull part of the stone out. So, if you see that, you don't want to do that. The best way to deal with that is to take a sharp razor knife or a putty knife and just kind of cut it, you know, at the surface, uh, surface of the stone. Otherwise, you're going to uh, pull out part of the stone, especially if the stone is very, very weak. The second step after you've gotten rid of as much as you can physically, and this is a very important step is you want to wet the stone with water. You don't want to run. And, and this is a good general rule for cleaning almost anything as you want. We call it pre-wetting and you want to be able to wet that. And the reason being is, is imagine, imagine the stone is a, is a dry sponge. And if you were to put cleaner on it right away, what's going to happen? It's going to suck up, you know, all that cleaner deep into the stone. Well, 99% of the time, the soiling that you're dealing with is on the surface or just below the surface. It's not all the way through the stone. So you're wasting cleaner. you got to use a lot more cleaner. And sometimes some of these cleaners, uh, if you're not using the right cleaner, will contain salts. So when the cleaner dries out, you can actually cause more damage. So you want to thoroughly soak and wet that, wet that, wet that stone. You want to use clean water. Uh, if, if, you know, you don't, there's no water available, as I mentioned, you want to bring clean clean water uh, with you. You can spray it with a garden sprayer or hose once nearby. But basically, you want to fill the pores of the stone uh, with with the water. And that's extremely, extremely important. Okay, now you want to mix your stone cleaner. Of course, mix it according to directions. Um, you can use liquid dish detergent if you want. I like using, you have know, two to three tablespoons of detergent per gallon of water. But you're better off using you know, a particular uh, cleaner uh, with a biocide that's specifically designed uh, for headstones. Now, there is one uh, that the uh, Cemetery Association recommends, and I'll find it here in a minute, but it's it's uh, D2. It's called D2, and I believe that's sold by um, – I know David Bonacera sells it at that ESP. Sales. He has a cleaner that will work for that as well. So he's one of our sponsors. You can hear his ad here in a minute coming up. So you want to apply the cleaning solution uh, to the surface. Uh, you want to let it dwell for for a few minutes, you know, allow that cleaner to work and then you want to take a soft nylon scrub brush and just gently Start from the bottom of the stone and work your way up to the top, uh, again, allowing it to sit for several minutes. You may have to do this several several, several times in order to get rid of what's on there. Now, keep in mind that you might not get it, you know, 100% clean, and that's okay. Because if you get too aggressive, you can actually damage the stone or cause further uh, deterioration of the stone. So it's you know, very important not to do that. Uh, so and then once it's all cleaned, you want to rinse it with uh, plenty of clean water as well. Examine it. If you have to do it again. Uh, do it several times, and you're done. That's it. You don't want to put a sealer on there. You don't want to put any kind of waxes on there. Uh, you don't want to do any any of that. So uh, that that's basically. Now, we haven't talked about uh, stain removal and restoration. Now, of course, if you're restoring it. Uh, I know a lot of heads, a lot I've been involved with cemeteries that have had a lot of uh, vandalism, some where pieces have broke open, uh, broke open and whatever. And a lot of times those pieces, unless they're small, tiny pieces, but if let's say a standard headstone falls over and breaks in half, you know, you can epoxy it together. But chances are that's not going to not going to stay. You're going to need to pin it. And uh, (coughs) excuse me, it's very difficult to explain how that is on on the on air here without you know showing you on a youtube video but you want to be able to put pins in there to hold it and you know basically what you're going to do is take some stainless steel rods and uh, you're going to drill holes in both pieces that are broken make sure they're lined up and you're going to pin it and then use an epoxy now i mentioned the word epoxy you don't want to use a polyester because polyesters are not going to hold up outdoors you want to use an epoxy, so make sure you're using an epoxy and not a polyester, a polyester glue. You want to use something that's going to be uh, safe to use uh, outside, and that's going to be your your epoxies. Uh, as far as stain removal goes, um, you know I've done I, actually I did a show last week. You might want to go ahead and uh, take a look at the archives, and that we'll you know talk about stain removal. But any of the rules that, that I've mentioned on stain removal in general for stone apply here as well um you know generally i'm not too worried about stain when it comes to heads um you know the the only stain that really i uh, would be a, be a major issue might be rust and uh you know rust especially if the irrigation system contains a lot of iron in it rust can be uh rust can be a real, real issue and you want to be able to um uh remove that remove that rust cuz rust will do eventually is a, it'll start crystallizing in, in a condition we know as iron jacking, where the, the the iron will actually get into pores of the stone, and the, the rust the iron will begin to to grow into crystals and cause it to to fall. and then you have a deteriorated problem. So so what are the type of dirts we're dealing with? We're dealing with algae, of course. We're dealing with lichens. Uh, you're dealing with you know grass and vegetation. I mentioned rust, soil, mud, uh, atmospheric soiling. Uh, mold, mildew. Occasionally, I've seen tar. I've also seen hard water deposits that can occur, uh, especially if they're irrigating with, with, with hard water. Um, graffiti, of course, uh, you know, spray paint, things of that nature. This can all be removed by uh, uh, the um, uh, type of uh, uh, stain removal procedures that I've mentioned in, uh, in last week's show, as well as the stain app that I mentioned in last week's show, so whatever. Uh, as far as sealers and impregnators go, basically, don't use them. Uh, you know, my general answer is no. There's some really rare exceptions uh, where where, I've, uh, where I would use them, but they're extremely, extremely, extremely rare. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to answer some questions that I've gotten uh, primarily on uh, a headstone. So we'll be right back after this. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products, Stone Pro, Envy Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, More Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net, that's ESPSales.net. Alrighty, folks, I'm going to answer some of the questions that I have gotten over the years when it comes to cleaning headstones, memorials, and mausoleums. Um, Again, if you have a question now, the phone number, call-in number is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. So here's some of the questions I get. One of them being, how often should I clean a headstone? And it's kind of a tricky question to answer because it's going to depend on the environment. It's going to depend on what part of the country you're in, what part of the world you're in. It's going to depend on the type of soiling that it gets. But I would say probably no more than once every couple of years. You know, the cleaning itself, depending on how you're cleaning it, can actually cause deterioration. So you've got to, you've got to be careful there when it comes to uh, uh, how often you actually clean clean that, the, the headstone. Uh, Next question I have was an email. It says, our father's headstone has a new repair. A corner of the marble has fallen off. How do I reattach it? And I've already told you that. If it's small enough, you can glue the pieces together with epoxy, not polyester. You want to use an epoxy, which is UV resistant, because remember, these are outdoor uh, pieces. Um, And then you want to use some dowels or what we call pins uh, to put the larger pieces back. I've heard the word rubbing. And I was wondering what it is. Rubbing is what happens a lot at, say, the Vietnam Memorial and some of the other memorials in Washington, D.C., where people will find their loved ones that, that, you know, died in a war. And they would take a piece of paper and place that over there and take a pencil and actually rub on a piece of paper and get the names. And a lot of times what happens is you can get the graphite from the pencil that will actually, you know, break through the paper and go on the uh, the wall. Uh, itself, um, oils from your hands, things of that nature, and you would, you know, those those would have to be uh, clean, cleaned as well. Uh, there is a safe way uh, to rub, and there's actually a um, a website that I'll give you right now, and it is www.savinggraves.com/forward/slash/rubbings.htm. Let me say that one more time. That's www.savinggraves.com forward slash rubbings .htm and if you didn't get that send me an email and I'll go ahead and I'll I can send you I'll send you the link and uh, also uh, right after I get through with these questions I'll tell you how you can receive your free copy of uh, my book on cleaning uh, headstones. Uh, next question is there's a cherry tree located about our family's headstone a cherry drop on the granite stone and stain it. And how do I remove these stains and of course that's probably going to be you know clean it first. And then if need be, then uh, I would use a hydrogen peroxide poultice or one of the chemicals that I have in my stain kit. Uh, the face, next question is, the face of a white marble headstone that's lost its high shine, can I restore the shine? Of course you can. You know, if you're in the, in the business, you know how to resurface it, you know how to polish, that can be done. You just want to protect the surrounding area, especially if you're using polishing powders, because those polishing powders can indeed um, harm the grass and vegetation around it. Uh, Next question, where can I find a qualified contractor to do repairs on our family's mausoleum? And uh, again, I would look at uh, websites like surfaces.com, S-S-U-R-P-H-A-C-E-S, and look at some of their contractors there. Uh, If there's no contractor, you can send them an email, and they will find you a contractor in in your area that, that can do that. But, you know, like anything, you want to ask them. Uh, what type of experience they have, what you wanna you want details. You know, how how are they going to clean it, what chemicals are going to use to clean it. And you know, with this book that I'm going, about to give out, you'll you'll see the answers to that as well as listening to the show here. Uh, next question, how do I clean a debris out of the inscriptions without damaging the inscription? And again, the best tool here is a soft slanted paintbrush. Uh, you can use a stiff toothbrush. You don't want to use a wire brush, uh, just your cleaner and just work at it until you get them all, all clean. You know, a lot of times those engravings will actually have paint in them, and you may have to repaint and add paint to to them as well, and that's completely acceptable. Next question is, I used a poultice on a granite headstone to remove some rust, and when I removed the poultice, I left a dark mark where the poultice was what did i do wrong and you know i've discussed this on, on other other shows when it comes to stain removal and this is a common a common issue and it's because the moisture from the poultice is not completely dried out yet in time uh it will it will dry out so in the book i have many 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 other questions uh you know things like can i use bleach should we discuss the ivy issue uh you know whatever whatever so how do you get your free copy of this book? It's going to be an email version, of course. And um, if you're listening to this show live, not the podcast, if you're listening to it live today, uh, June second, for the next, I'll give it to Friday, till till this Friday. If you send me an email, I'll give you the email address. I will send you a copy, an email version of my book, Cleaning Headstones memorials and mausoleums. So where do you send that email to? Send it to F-Houston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. That's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. So uh, go ahead and send me an email. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, obviously, and you're listening to it after this Friday, uh, that book is available for purchase. Uh, so just go to my website stoneforensics.com that's stoneforensics.com and you'll you'll see the book on the website is available for purchase but if you if you listen to this podcast before Friday if you're listening live send me an email and I'll be more than happy to send you send you that that book all right folks that's it for uh, this week uh, if anybody wants to be interviewed you have something to share feel free to give me uh, send me an email and we'll get you set up so until next week thanks for listening I'll keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Thank you, TuffSkin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. TuffSkin guarantees it will not. TuffSkin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with the proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right. It's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and toughskin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at TuffSkinProtection.com. That's T-U-F-F SkinProtection.com to learn more.